You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 219 of the Black Eagle Podcast. That's right, and I'm your host, Sidon Schwarting, live from New York City. Chilly over here, though the weather's up and down, much like Besiktas's form. Um, and things are, are, are moving in the right direction, much like Besiktas's form, we could say. Spring is supposedly right around the corner, and we've had a few spring days already. Much like Besiktas' season, <laughs> the weather and Besiktas always seem to go hand in hand. My weather, New York's weather. Although I think we're actually kind of, Istanbul and New York almost always have similar weather somehow. And being on the same line of uh, latitude, perhaps, or whatever it is, uh, might have something to do with it. At least climate-wise. Way off topic, aren't we? Um, at least we're not thinking about war, right? Uh, for for a brief moment in time, we can, you know we got to watch some Besiktas and put our put our heads elsewhere. I mean, it was hard for me to be honest to, to not think about all the crap going on in the world and to not be like checking in on that. But um, nonetheless, right? Besiktas played fantastic match against a very difficult opponent on the road. Sivas is never easy to beat on the road, but so let's uh, let's talk about this. A huge match. Operation is in effect as of right now. So, like I said, uh, in, in calling this a huge match, it's huge. It's, it sets off what is gonna be the most difficult part of our season coming up, no doubt about it. Um, in talking about that, I guess I'll just talk about that first off, right off the bat. So first we had Sivas on the road, which was inevitably going to be... It's always a difficult match. And then we're hosting Kayseri Sport in the Turkish Cup. A huge one, right? Round of 16. Oh no, excuse me. Yeah, we're already in the quarterfinals. So that's a very big match. And then we're hosting Başakşa here. Right? Worth mentioning that they're still ahead of us in the table, but by two points, so that match means everything to us, absolutely. And then, we keep things moving as far as importance, right, goes. We play away against Galatasaray. We're not done yet, not yet. Next week after that, March 19th, we're hosting Hatay Spor. And then the week after that, we're on the road visiting Trabzonspor. And just to, to round things off for anyone who, who thought you would be done getting off easy there, the week after being on the road in Trebizond, we host Alanya Spor. So basically, these next six matches uh, will make or break our season. And it doesn't 
hurt or help, right? Because either we get into a bad run of form and, and we collapse at the worst time, or, you know, we get into a good run of form and we, we you know, build off of victories and, and um, you know, make something of this. It. it remains to be seen. You could actually kind of say it could go either way. We've shown flashes of really poor form where we had like four draws in a row. And then on the flip side, things might be turning. So let's, I guess, let's first of all talk about that because I'm already spoiling this match's contents, if you will. Um, but before I even dig into that, I have to talk about a little bit of news. So first of all, uh, of significance, I guess, is talk of us signing Edgar Ie, who many will, of course, remember is a Trabzon sport player, or was a Trabzon sport, a Trabzon sport player, got injured to, a, to the extent that he'll be out until next September. Uh, but because of that, Trabzon like, froze his contract, let him go. Under, you know, under the expectation, they even said themselves that they would bring him back when the time came. Now, potentially, it sounds like Besiktas might want to try to scoop him up if they can, which would be a pretty funny move, but, you know, I mean, that's what you get for, for freezing a guy's contract and letting him go because he's injured, right? That's not necessarily responsible management. So, in a way, it's kind of just desserts, so to speak. So, that's a bit of transfer news. There's some other stuff, but nothing that I got as well sourced as that one. On the coaching front, supposedly we're getting closer to Nuno Espirito Santo, or Nuno Santo, uh, who many will recognize because he, I mean, he's on quite a career arc, management-wise, where he went from Porto to Wolverhampton to Tottenham, which was a bit of a surprise move by Tottenham, I think, but nonetheless, uh, he got sort of scooped up by Tottenham and has already since been fired, so it remains to be seen if Besiktas is in fact a realistic uh, a move for a guy like that. In theory, right, with the, with the career arc he was on, it'd be a step down, you know, if he, if he thinks he can be in the Premier League coaching, but on the other hand, it didn't go especially well in his last stint, and, and that last move was a bit of a surprise even still, so, you know, I don't think, I don't know, I don't know, we'll see, I guess is what I'll say, we'll, we'll see if in fact there's any realism to that. On the other side, Jesse Marsh, American coach who we'd been linked to, you know, in, in that first initial scrum post Sergens being fired. Uh, and he was in the mix with, like, um, Daniel Farka in the very beginning. He's been signed by Leeds United, which is interesting. With that said, you know, Evron, former co-host, if anyone recalls the old days, was sort of of the mind that we should sign instead. Uh, the guy who Jesse Marsh had re replaced at Leeds United. Uh, what's his name? Um... Marcelo Bielsa, right? I think that's who, who he was talking about. The Argentinian coach, uh, who is a bit of a knucklehead, as far as I'm aware, but also notoriously creative and uh, lots of attacking energy to his, 
to, to the style of play who likes to adapt, so yeah, that could be fun. Anyway, um, nothing official anywhere, just rumors still. So with that said, let's finally dig into the big match against Sivas. Again, on the road. Now, first of all, we should talk about head-to-heads. I have here, um... 19, 23, 20, in their last 23 matches, so that's as far back as my app goes, I don't know if those are the only 23 matches we've ever played against them, but anyway, one, I mean, it's actually quite interesting, Besiktas has won 11 of those matches, Sivas 8, and there are 4 draws, so it's actually one of the more even series, especially outside of the, like, big rivalry, the big clubs in Turkey. Um, it's it's a club that has notoriously been very difficult against Besiktas. And I wouldn't be surprised if many of those eight victories that Sivas has against us came at home for them. They have a legitimate fan base, <coughs> for starters. And uh, yeah, the Yeni Sivas 4th of Elul Stadium. Um, it, 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 yeah, you know, it's a legitimate stadium. At the very least, with legitimate fans who make a lot of noise. And it's clearly become a place that we've struggled in historically. Um, I, I think if you want to talk about, like, our most recent results, fine. You know, in October, we beat them 2-1 to one, right at home. Um, but prior to that, on the road, last season in April, right with everything, when we were in a, in a pretty decent run of form, we managed only a nil-nil draw against Sivas. So, you know, previous, previously, uh, we'd lost in a friendly with them. Uh, we'd lost at home against them in, in 2020, January. We'd lost on the road before then, in, uh, in, in early on in the season. So, uh, and it was three to nil they beat us. So, they, I mean, they have a history of being a foil for us. They're really a t- tough club, no doubt about it. So, you know, clearly it was going to be a match that would not be easy for anyone. This season, they're, they're sort of chugging below standards for them. Very, very much mid-table. I think they were in 10th uh, place coming into the match. Far from ideal for them. But whatever. Well, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Besiktas. We're here to talk about this match. Let's talk about the lineup, first of all. So for us, of course, it's Ersin Destanolu in the goal. Then you have Javi Montero next to Wellington on the back line, which was interesting. Valentin Rosier and Umut Medash on our wings. Wing backs, rather, or, or full backs, even. Uh, Nejip and Atiba on the back line of our midfield, which is interesting, with Alex ahead of them. Alex Teixeira. Kenan Karaman back with Rashid Ghazal opposite him and Mishi Batshuayi up front. You know, nobody's preferred lineup. I think we can all agree. On the one hand, Kenan Karaman had probably his best match of the season in the previous match, which isn't saying much. His best match of the season didn't amount to very much, if we're going to be 100% honest. With that said, I think that certainly explains the logic of him playing. He provides more depth to his game than Kyle Aaron, especially of late, right? If Kyle Aaron's not scoring, he's really not providing much. And that's very much so been the case this season. 
um, to see Atiba and Nejip on that back, you know, in our midfield like that, a little bit concerning, right? We're no, no one's lying here. It's a lot of defensive midfielders. On the other hand, it's a road match against Sivas, right? Like I said, a notoriously difficult one. So perhaps, right? There's some, there's some thinking to that, right? He's trying to clog up the midfield hold things down there a little bit to make sure that there's a solid foundation to build in, to build on rather. Maybe focus a little bit more on doing things on the counter than, than we would typically do. Or at least that's, I think, very very likely the logic. Uh, worth noting, so their coach is Giza Chalambay. We, of course, brought out Under Caraveli. For their lineup, their goalkeeper was Muamer Yildirim, which is interesting. You know, they have um, Gokan Akash typically playing for them. So I don't know what the story is with that, why he's not their go-to guy right now if he's injured. On their back line, it's Dimitrios Gutas, 27-year-old Greek defender. Next is Samba Kamara, 29-year-old Malian. The left back, Ur Chifchi, 29-year-old Turk. Opposite, Janer Osman Pasha, 34-year-old Turk. Um, in their midfield, Isaac Kofi, 30-year-old Ghana, Ghanaian. Next to Fajal Fajr, Fajr, F-A-J-R, I have no idea how to pronounce it. He was phenomenal, though, I will say. 33-year-old Moroccan. And Hakan Arslan would round out their, the center of their midfield. 33-year-old Turk, who I think many will recognize the name of. Up top... They would have Pedro Henrique, 31-year-old Brazilian, who's been around the Super League a little bit. Opposite Erdogan Yeshilyur, 28-year-old German Turk, with Mustafa Yatabari, the 36-year-old Malian striker, who's also got a name for himself in the Super League, no doubt. So, you know, a pretty recognizable starting 11. Lots of talent, no doubt about it, for Sivas, despite very middling results thus far. So let's talk about this match, shall we? First of all, the first real action, uh, a yellow card for Wellington in the third minute, of course, right? What do you expect? That's just what he sort of does. The first real, you know, goal mouth action would go to Sivas. It was Yatabari bringing the ball up from wide, taking a shot, forcing a bit of a save from Ersin. He'd get down, make an easy save of it, but... That's in part because of his positioning and, um, you know, his, his wherewithal, if you will. Um, next real action would come in the 11th minute, and it's Rashid Gazelle dribbling up the right side. Fancily, it looks like he's going to dump the ball off to, I think, maybe it was Nejip or something, but instead he takes a step with it and keeps going a little bit further, sort of almost, he dribbles behind their, their line their, of defense in a way that's always dangerous, right? You know, he's gonna center it, and if, if anyone can get on the other end, and other end of it, it's very likely gonna be a goal. In this case, that's not quite what happens. It's well-placed, but it kind of drops to Atiba, who does well to kind of just control it and make sure it stays in the path, you know, kind of hold his defender off, but fairly. Uh, in a way, so it finds the foot of Alex Teixeira, who makes a really slick touch of it, dropping it right perfectly into the path of Miji Bachuay. Takes a lovely one-touch volley on it right into the corner of the net. Perfectly placed. 
Sure enough, Besiktas is up. We actually scored that goal that we, we always talk, complain about not being able to score. Fantastic. Uh, is 10th goal of the season. So Batsman, for all the criticism, putting together quite a year. Gotta say it. Sorry, I know folks don't want to hear it necessarily. Um, the next real action would be uh, the 22nd minute. I don't know who centered it in, but it would find Hakan Arslan on the head, and he would bring it to head it down perfectly, but just wide of our goal. So they were very much, you know, looking for something to come back, with, uh, you know, and hit us back on the counter with. 26th minute. A free kick from fairly deep would find the head of Yatabare, and he would send it down much like Hakan Arslan just had, only with slightly more precision. You know, I, some could make the argument that Ersin Destanolu should have been able to do better with it. It kind of slides under him. I mean, these things happen. It's not the end of the world. Every goalie, you know, every keeper allows one of those every so often. So it's not like, you know, red alert or anything by, by any stretch. But so, yeah, it's it's level one to one. As you'd almost expect, right? We're in Sivas. This is not going to be an easy match. It just couldn't possibly be. It's not in the programming, right? But sure enough, we're, we're awake, and it's like it's a good response from us from from their equalizing. Thirty-fourth minute, the next real opportunity, a corner kick from Gazal would find Wellington's head, and he would slam it into the crossbar really well, almost giving us the lead right away, and not like. Just eight minutes later, 42nd minute, Umut Merash with a fantastic cross, perfectly finding the head of Rashid Ghazal, and he slams it with his head into the back of the net. You know, him running onto the ball, it's an in-swinging curve, curving cross, perfectly placed by Umut Merash, perfectly found by Rashid Ghazal. So there you have it. Goals from Michi Bachuai and Rashid Ghazal, assists by Alex Teixeira and Umut Merash. Couple newcomers, few newcomers. Everyone, with the exception of Rashid Ghazal. I'm sure you have. There you have it. We are leading two to one, and that's how it would go into the half. And out of the gates, you know, in the second half, it would not. You know, both sides were sort of tenuous at this point. A little nervous. <coughs> Nobody wanted to make a big mistake. Of course, uh, Sivas had more to play for, had to get back into this one, but they weren't pressing to the extent that you might assume they would. 50th minute, Atiba got himself a yellow card. I don't recall it, to be honest. 56th minute, Joseph would enter the match for Nejip Wiesel, and, and I'm at this point thinking that's a good move, right? We don't, we don't need any dumb mistakes. Joseph is the sil more solid player. If he's fit enough to play at all, get him in there and sort of lock this game down. And not just that, but also he provides more kind of ability on the ball. He can control things better, calmly, you know, move the ball around without doing anything crazy or reflexive, right? 68th minute, Guven Yalchin would come on for Alex Teixeira. Okay, that's okay. Right, I feel like that's okay. Alex Teixeira is still easing his way back into the rotation here. He's tired. 
you can tell, you know, and his form is always flagged when that when that happens, so that's fine, you know. He there was a play where like he was trying to round the defense on the left side and he clearly was just like a step off pace wise. You know, right before he got subbed. And still he like got to the ball and kind of like found a gap and and centered it fairly decently. We almost got a really good chance out of it, but you could also tell that he'd lost that step um, through fatigue, so Okay, Guven Yalchin it is. I'm okay with it, right? I think we all sort of are. Maybe Kenan Karaman could have left, but whatever. For them, it's uh, Oloren Waju Kayode on for Pedro Enrique. Uh, and right around then, it's Guven, who's bringing the ball into the box along the left side. Um, kind of takes a sort of... It's a nice leading ball to him, by the way, and he takes a little dribble on it. Uh, it bounces around, L looks like there's a bit of action in the box. Guys kind of raise their hand for a handball, but we play on. Almost score anyway. Uh, and it goes out. I don't remember if it would have been a corner kick or a goal kick, but uh, they look at it through VAR, and sure enough, there was a handball on it. And so, Guven Yalchin forcing them into an error defensively. Michi Bachuai steps up, sends it sort of towards the center, just left, but with power. And he sent the keeper the other way. So it's a big goal for us. We're up now. One to three on the road in Sivas of no of all places. It's a fantastic result for us at this point. Uh, 76th minute, Kerem Keskin enters for Isaac Kofi for them. Uh, and then a, a, a really great chance falls for us. Rashid Gazal, Rashid Gazal finding Kenan Karaman really well in space. Kenan Karaman dribbling forward with some pace in a one-on-one -on -one position with the keeper. To be fair, it's, I think, with his left foot, but somehow can't find the back of the net. Forces a save, however, which results in uh, another, I think, a front corner kick, and then that, that results in a free kick. And just so two minutes later, Rashid Ghazal sends in a shot from just outside of the box with the free kick. And it pings off the post. Again, that's two posts in this match, right? Wellington once, Gazal the second. And again, we're, yeah, again, almost a fourth goal. Whatever's. Um, in the 83rd minute, Musa Konate comes on for Samba Kamara. And it's also right around there where we are flagged for a handball. It's Joseph. You know, I guess it was a handball. I mean, certainly it was. Uh, his, hand, his arm was in an unnatural position that did hit his hand, apparently. Um, I honestly did not see this replay somehow. I don't know if I was making a coffee or something, but... Whatever, you know. Uh, it's a penalty, and it's Fajal Fire. Fire. Fire? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Fajr. But yeah, he, he puts it away really nicely. Um, strong to the left. Erson even goes the right way, but just can't get there quick enough. And so, yeah, of course, naturally, right? Of course, we're going to get a little scare late in this one. So, 83rd minute, and now it's 2-3. to three. They blow for eight minutes of extra time, naturally. I don't even know where that came from. I'm going to be 100% honest. John Bozduan comes on in the second minute of extra time for Mishi Batshuayi. Almost actually gets a, a chance later. Uh, finally, Ersin Destanola in the eighth minute of extra time would get a yellow card for slowing things down right after... What was a fantastic chance for them 
off of a deep free kick. It would find the head of, I think by fire. Fire! Uh, it would find the head of Coyote, who would almost perfectly place this one and kind of drop it in over the head of our defense and even Erson. But Erson gets back and makes a fantastic one-handed diving, like that final effort, just reaching and extending just enough to po poke it out, kind of save, saving us yet again, all three points. And that's how it would end. Uh, eight minutes of extra time, like I said, and Besiktas wins. Two to three on the road in Sivas. And like I said, you know, tactically speaking, with the two defensive midfielders playing more for the counter, sure enough, Besiktas only had 53% of the ball to their 47. Sivas had 20 total shots to Besiktas's 17. Though Besiktas, so again, they had more technically shots. Although Besiktas had 10 on target to their 6. So certainly, um, you know, a very close match as far as like the major team stats go. One other, I suppose, important key stat is that Besiktas actually had 4 big chances to their 3. Although they missed two big chances, we only missed one. And it makes sense, right? We scored three, they sort of scored twice. So. But so, either way, you know, we, we earned a one goal victory one way or another. Now, let's talk about personal, individual stats. And again, I'll only list the players who played well, you know, seven rating and above. And I'll go from best to quote unquote worst. Of course, right again, it's not the worst. The worst players, I'm not even mentioning here. But so the, the, all the players who were rated well, right? The, the highest rated player, and this might come as a surprise to some, it shouldn't come as a surprise to everyone. And I, I'll note that um, another former co co po po the <laughs> podcast co-host, po-host, um, Khan Bayazid was very complimentary of Fajir's game, Fajir's game, and very, uh, you know, kind of wondering if we should have brought him in to our team, da da da, and Evron reminded him that in fact, he was 33 years old, which surprised Khan. But nonetheless, he did have the, the best match of anyone out there, statistically speaking. Then Mishiba Jouai, of course he had a, a penalty goal, and although another goal as well, which was perfectly placed, uh, a nice volley on his part. Certainly, he deserved a high rating. Then Rashid Ghazal. Uh, now we're talking, I think, and I'll, I'll, I'll do his stats today. He gets my man of the match, I believe. Then there's Yatabare. Then there's Alex Teixeira, who certainly deserves a nod. Um, you know, didn't contribute much statistically beyond the assist, but. He clearly makes such a difference for us. Now that he's in form and, and ready to play for us, you can just tell how vital he could have been, especially in that first half of the season when we didn't really have access to him. And something was clearly lacking, right? Um, but so yeah, there was Alex Teixeira at 7.73. Then Wellington had a pretty highly rated match. He tends to whenever he plays because of all the, the accurate short passing he does. You know, and he comes up to the to the midfield often and contributes in that sense. Then you have Kenan Karaman again, well-rated match, hardly you know a man of the match performance. Then Atiba Hutchinson, which 
shouldn't surprise anyone if they watch this one. He was really fantastic. He was all over the pitch. One of the guys who got around the pitch the most, as far as I'm aware. Then Umut Merash, fantastic assist, another good outing from him. It's nice to have two good left backs for a chain. Then Uwe Shifchi, Shifchi is their left back. Then Valentin Rosier is the last highly rated player at 7.07. Uh, surprising, I guess. You know, he didn't seem to have like his best performance, although he didn't make any big errors, and that's saying a lot, right? For a defensive player, sometimes that's all you really want to be able to say about a guy. I mean, in, a, in his case, he's a guy who can sometimes really stand out with his ability to go forward and whatnot. So, you know, when he doesn't do that, you feel like there's something missing. But again, right, as far as him doing his duty uh, as a right back, he, he did that admirably. And the, that showed in the stats. Now, I'll, I'll talk about... Speaking of stats, the stats of Rashid Gazal. He was rated an 8.4. He played a full 90 minutes. He scored a goal. Had five total shots. His passing, not particularly accurate, but that's in this case because he had a lot of long balls and crosses. He was 25 of 37, a 68% rate. He had two key passes, however, and he created one big chance. Um... Folks will, of course, remember his goal with his head, which was fantastic. He had two shots blocked. He hit the woodwork once, which we mentioned on that free kick. He had 62 touches, so he was very involved. Three out of three with his dribbles, 100%. He was two out of five with his crosses, so like I said. And he was two out of four with his long balls. So two out of nine, or sorry, rather four out of nine with, uh, with those sort of longer balls that are harder to connect on. And that sort of explains why his passing percentage wasn't as good as one might expect for a man-of-the-match performance. And so, yeah, it's because he was taking chances with longer passes, more daring, risky passes. Um, six recoveries, one out of two with his tackles. You know, nothing prolific in that regard. But, yeah, just a great outing from him. I don't think anyone who watched this match will be too surprised by my giving him man-of-the-match. Though, like I said, shouts to... Alex Teixeira, Atiba Hutchinson, Mishiba Chuai, right? He's got scored goals 10 and 11 on the season. He's now, I think, number two in the Super League as far as goals scored. And so for a guy whose season has largely been not successful, and I think nobody would necessarily argue with that, he's doing pretty well as far as, like, the actual numbers say. So like I said, you really want to dig in to said numbers. He's got 11 goals. Three assists in 22 matches. Hardly bad, I think. We could all agree. Now, where does that leave Besiktas in the tables? Because, of course, that's the question. Now, Besiktas has played 27 matches. We got a big win here on the road. The first match of these big seven matches in a row that are going to sort of make or break our season. With that said, it didn't affect us in the tables. We're still in sixth place. We're closer to the, to the ruckus zone, but we didn't actually make any progress. And that's because everyone above us who we could have caught also won. And uh, the guys who we couldn't have caught actually dropped points. So there is good news, but I guess let's talk about it, right? So first place, Trabzonspor. They won 3-2. Uh, to two. Slightly fishy, whatever. They beat Kaiseri though, so maybe Kaiseri will be, will be dispirited 
going into our cup match this week. Then it's Konya. Konya who lost 5-1 to one against Alanya Spor. Tough outing for them. Then it's Bashak Shahir who lost as well 1-2 to two on the road against Fatih Karagumruk. So they have 46 points. So Konya has 49, Bashakshir has 46. Then it's Fener. Fener beat Kasim Pasha 1-2 on the road, scoring a goal in the first minute of extra time. That was very fishy. So had they only gotten the one point, we would have been level with them on points. But instead they have 46. Then it's Adana Demir, who drew against Antalya, nil to nil. Balotelli still has 10 goals and 3 assists, so Mishi Bachuai surpassed him. So they have 45 points. And if they'd lost, they'd also again have 44 and be level with us. But So then there we are, in 6th, with 44 points. You know, one win, we have 47 points, and that could bring us as high as 3rd place, in theory. Especially because our next league match will be against Bashakshi here, who is in fact one of those teams that's up ahead of us. And they're just, again, two points ahead of us in third place. So if we were to beat them, that's guaranteed us moving up one spot at the very least. Meanwhile, also above us, Fener, they're hosting Trabzonspor in this next match. We might as well just root for Trabzonspor, honestly, because it's not like anyone's catching them. And then Adana Demirspor is going to be on the road against last place Yeni Malatya. So, again, they'll be huge favorites. But on the other hand, with the season winding down, those relegation zone bound teams might be scrapping for any way out. So that might not be the best match for them. And then there's us. Of course, Konyaspor also, I guess I should mention. They're, they're going to be playing... Galatasaray hosting. So Konya's playing Galatasaray, Fener's playing Trabzon, we're playing Bashakshir here. The only side that we could theoretically like get some some stick from in this round would be Demir, Adana Demir. But on the other hand, who the heck knows what's gonna happen? This is the Turkish Super League, right? Anything can happen. Uh, let's briefly talk about Kayseri Sport, because we're gonna be seeing them midweek in this Turkish Cup. Uh, quarterfinals match, a huge match. It's the only way to get into the Europa League. I mean, you could very much make the argument that with second place very much now within reach again, right? Because we're only five points out of second place, Konyaspor. Um, you know, Champions League is still in the running, in theory. And it's really the Champions League qualifier, which is very likely still Europa League, but, you know, in theory, it's Champions League. For, for transfers that you're bringing in, that's that's how you can advertise it, right? But it's good to have that Europa League sort of backup. I think we can all agree that if we can keep ourselves in the Europa League at the very least, that'll be a nice silver lining to this season. Now, it's worth mentioning the other teams that are still alive. You know, if we are to beat Kayserispor, I think we're likely to play the winner of Trabzon or Antalya. Both tough opponents, for me. On the opposite bracket, you've got Sivas and Fatih Karagumruk on one side of the, of the 
bracket, right? And then on the other side is Gaziantep and Alanya. So just a bunch of solid teams that are left in this one. You know, if it's I would imagine Alanya playing against Sivas and us playing against Trabzon. You know, none of the big, the, the, the traditional, like Fener and Galatasaray, you know, the, the giants alive. And yet we have this sort of next generation of really solid Turkish teams that's, I mean, I don't know if we qualify. We're, we're technically, of course, a historically strong team as well. But I think we're, we're working with more going forward than those guys. Uh, I don't know. Fenner will argue they have fair to you, whatever. But come on, let's be realistic. Those, they've largely just bought a bunch of old guys. Um, so I'm not particularly worried about And And they have huge debts, and uh, they're, they're never going to win anything, it seems. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this next generation of Turkish football is going to feature more of the likes of Trabzon and Besiktas. Maybe even Sivas. I mean, Alanya is, is wishful thinking. They're even sliding a bit in the regular league. But instead of them, you know, you've got the likes of Adana Demirspor who are building some sort of an interesting foundation. I don't know how sustainable it is, but that's another question. Then you've got like the Konya Spores and Basakshi here. There are a number of sides that, that could theoretically be building on any success they find this year. We shall see Hatay Spore, right? But anyway. This match against Kaiseri will be huge, huge. Uh, quickly, I guess, let me just briefly mention. So their, their leading scorer is Mario Gavranovic, 32-year-old Swiss striker who's got nine goals and three assists. Not shabby. Oh, in fact, no, that's not even true. Mame Babatiam has 10 goals and three assists. So they've got two prolific scorers this year so far. Onur Bulut, 27-year-old German Turk, has seven assists for them. So there's a guy to perhaps look out for. Of course, their keeper, Silvio Lung, 32-year-old Romanian, is, is always a tough cookie in there. So, yeah, lots to be weary of on, 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 part, on their part. Lionel Carol as well. I don't know what the deal is with Mensa if he's out for the year, but I don't think we have to worry about him in this upcoming match. Either way. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Turkish Cup is always a bit of a wacky one. By the way, yes, Bernard Mensa is in fact out for the season. Good news, by the way, uh, Georges Cavant and Kudu is back in training. So there's that. No word on Mirelem Pjanic. I'm hearing like early March, so he probably won't be ready quite yet. Uh, Ozan also, I'm hearing early March. But so yeah, uh, Nkudu on the other hand could be could be coming back any day soon. I don't think we'll see him rushed back onto the pitch given the nature of the injuries coming back from. But it's certainly great news to hear that he is somewhat back, right? He's certainly at least back in training, and that's fantastic. Anyway, that's all we have time for this week. We will be back again pretty soon after this upcoming cup match. And then again, shortly thereafter, after Basakshi here. So let's first of all mention the time. So Besiktas will be hosting Kayseri Spore on Wednesday, March 2nd, just a few days away. Stay tuned for that. Uh, check your local listings for time. It's on at 12.30 p.m. here in New York City. Um, that'll be fun. After that, Monday, March 7th, Besiktas is hosting Basakshi here. That's noon here in New York City local time. Again, check your own local listings. So yeah, March 2nd, March 7th, 
this coming Wednesday, next Monday. Two huge matches. I'll be back before the Bashak Jihir match, I, I suspect. I'll try to be. But until then, follow us on Twitter, at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles Podcast, one word. Follow myself, at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Peace in Ukraine. No to war. At least that's my stance on things. And as always, let's go Besiktas! Peace out, everybody. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.